In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. We're back again this week with another episode. I'm your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined this evening by Johnny Tugs, J-Cap, DJ K-Woody, and Dog Process. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Tugs is hammered. Hammered. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will, yeah, we will start with our, our usual... Uh, we'll go around the the horn about what we're all drinking tonight. Uh, Tug, starting with you, what are you sipping? I'm sipping on uh, Georgetown uh, Brewery, a little Johnny Utah, and I'm double fisting with High West Whiskey <laughs> Campfire. All at the same yeah. time. Tugs, the real question is, when did you start drinking and what were you drinking then? Correct. I want to know. I'm what was that? I'm sorry. The real question is, you... at what time did you start drinking, and what were you drinking? Ooh. <laughs> it's okay. We can uh, check the group chat. The answer is like 5 p.m. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a little <laughs> earlier. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And I was drinking IPAs, 10%. I can't remember. I think it was a rogue something I got from Costco, but yeah, that was it. Tux is like eight deep at this point, if you guys haven't noticed. Yes. It's it's how you do it. Jcap, how about you? What do you what's your beverage of choice this evening? Uh I'm on a Fremont Brewing Space Danger IPA. Nice. Nice. DP. Alright, I got I got two tonight because I break the rules. That's what I do. Um, DP also double so, fisting. I fuck with it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um so first we got the uh the Minute Maid pink lemonade. I know uh, too many Minute Maid drinks, but like I said, there's only so much aroused. Um the thing about pink lemonade is it's like notably different from lemonade when you drink it and i guess people who haven't had pink lemonade won't have a clue what the fuck i'm talking about but there's just like a bite to pink lemonade that's a little bit different and the thing about the minute made pink lemonade is that it doesn't have it so if you imagine drinking pink lemonade but without the extra bite that's what you're drinking and it just isn't it's the worst minute made product i've had so far it's a solid three out of ten could barely put it down um or could barely yeah i could barely drink it uh the second one i got this turkey hill raspberry tea don't ask how much sugar's in here. I don't want to know. I don't want to look. It's a lot. Um, it's you guys ever had like the big Arizona teas for like ninety nine cents at the gas station? Imagine the like raspberry version of that on steroids. That's how much sugar's in there. Um, I like it. It's it's also one of those like teas where it's just like you can't stop drinking it because it's that addictive. I put down half of it last night at like one a.m. Um, it's a solid nine out of ten. But if you're over the age of like 25, I wouldn't suggest it, or you're just not going to be having fun for the next couple of days. So the rest of us, <laughs> especially tugs, especially tugs, can't be having that much sugar when you're that hammered, bro. DJ, how about you? All right, I got the variety pack number three, White Claws. I'm going with the strawberry for right now, and very good. Shout out to Dewey, Shower, White Claw Man, who's obsessed with these. These are good. Yeah, and I've got a uh, Matchless Brewing Hopalicious Hazy IPA, uh, which they describe as a tropical storm of deliciousness, and I'm uh, I'm quite enjoying it. So um, that's, uh, I think, a great segue since you just did a shout out there, DJ. We'll, we'll, we'll segue right into shout outs. Who's got one? Who wants to start? I got it. Uh, shout out at Dewey Tweets, Dewey underscore tweets, RIP, free my boy. 
Also, uh, while we're out here, uh, fuck the fuck off at Community Burner. Fuck you. But those of you who know will know. <laughs> I got a shout out for at Castleberry Jam. Your shoulders are legit. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> big shoulders, big shoulders. Big shoulders. Boulder DJ, shoulders. How about you? Who's your, wh- uh, what shout outs do you have, man? Uh, I don't got nothing else other than... Dewey tweets to whatever his death or a huff, whatever his name is now, with the the white claws. I just call it'll him change Don. next week. Yeah. Uh, I I have several shout outs. First of all, shout out to F Mac. Um, I'm just gonna leave a no comment. On that. He has a prior <laughs> engagement going on right now. He couldn't join us. Yeah, F Mac was uh, busy tonight. Um, we just would like to congratulate him on his. Uh, on his uh, engagement for the night, uh, we're very proud of proud of you, Mac. We hope you, <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we hope you have a great night. Um, shout out to to Leah, just because Leah's my homie. I like Leah. Um, hopefully, she'll be back for a women's basketball pod, which I believe is next week. Hooligan, um, men's basketball. We got to commit. Uh, class of twenty twenty two. Tyler hey. Linhart. Probably we'll talk about that on the uh, the pod as well. Uh, I think he's a four star yeah. out of Kings. And the last time there was a four-star out of Kings, it was Corey Kispert, and he, well, he doesn't suck. So, you know, hope, hoping for a repeat there. Shout-out to Isaiah Stewart, who I believe had 15 and 22 tonight, uh, just because he's a dog. And then, did DeJounte did get the triple-double? He, DJ, he did, I didn't he check. He got his triple-double. Yes, sir. Yeah, shout-out Isaiah. Rookie record in rebounds in a game. So, go dogs. Yeah, I got a shout-out. The Arizona Cardinals uh, and our boy opera singer, uh, Andre, you can jump out of bounds if you're playing the Seahawks anytime. Just, just think like you're. Pl- it's just like you're playing Cal. It just same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, uh, the, the real serious shout out is is to Hay Halverson and everybody that's jumped on with the Washington Wednesday trend. If you're not participating in it, get with it. Um, wear your purple. Wear your gold on on Wednesdays. Wear your Husky gear. Um, I've got some stuff that I'm planning in terms of some throwback pictures in addition to, to some you know current UW gear that I've got um, to get on that trend. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. I actually got, a, I got another shout-out. Uh, shout-out to Hood Husky for bringing the positive vibes Dude, on Twitter. He, he has been at the UW practices the last couple of days, and he's part of the reason that we're going to be having a Duke off tonight to see who can be the biggest Duke. Um, Duke, Duke, Duke. <laughs> I, I know Leah called me like the DDY of of the group <laughs> I think on the last pod. <laughs> Let's just say that I'm not going to be that much of a Debbie Downer today. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to the O line group and I'm gonna lose it. Dude, no joke. Hood Husky is the best Husky follow on Twitter. So shout out that guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's dig right into it and talk about spring ball position battles or competitions. Um, what do you, what position groups are you guys kind of most paying attention to, um, and who wants to start? I am most concerned with the linebacker group. I'm I'm hoping someone steps up next to Eddie. Um, I'm hoping it's uh, hammer time. But, uh, yeah, that group. Tugs, it's already hammer time for you. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) That's hammered time. I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. With hammer time, but – I we need someone to step up bad. Yeah, I I will say that like in the videos that I've seen, I do think uh, Hammer looks like he's he's put on 
some good weighty looks real yeah. real quick. Um, I, I mean, I think that there's so much, there's talent in that room. It's just that somebody needs to step up and, and play to their yep. talent level. If Calvert can get healthy off the knee injury, um, I certainly think in the, in the, you know, the, the shortened season last year, I think we saw some good things out of Zotoop. Um, he could be the, the guy that steps up, you know, Jackson could, you know, he, he's got some good instincts. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, sometimes getting to the ball. Um, but anybody else have anything to say about the, the in, in, inside linebackers and, um, what they're seeing, what they're concerned about there. I mean, I, I think it's like you said, Hooligan, the talent's there. Uh, it's just a question of finding it out. Um, if the the guys behind Sermon get a full spring and don't beat him out, I'll actually be confident sending him out there because he mean, it means he beat out some pretty good talent. Uh, and if they do beat him out, then I'll be confident with that too because I know the kind of recruits that we took in in that 2019 class. And I think especially uh, Haimuli, who I was super fired up for when we got him, hopefully Calvert if he can get healthy. I think there's talent uh, in that room. And if the inside linebackers are good, our defense will be good. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I I think with the linebackers, um, I'm most interested in, in Calvert because all the reports out of spring ball two years ago was that he was running with the once. And before he got injured, um, I, I just want to see if he can get past that, uh, if he can get to, to his full health uh, before uh, the season starts so that he can get a chance to run with the ones. And if he can't, then, I mean, it is what it is, and, and we got to see other guys step up. And we already mentioned uh, Zotoop, which is a guy that I'm really excited for. Um, and like you said, Hooligan, Haimuli has looked really, really good in the videos that we've seen uh, in terms of build and, and filling out his frame and stuff. Um, haven't seen quite as much of him like an actual scrimmage uh, film that, that I would like to see but uh, I want to see Calvert because if he was getting those reps with the ones as a true freshman um, I want to see him uh, perform again if he can get healthy enough So you know DP, DP's Dugan if I'm going to go the opposite route of him if we roll out Jackson Sermon at linebacker I'm going to be concerned because that shows, like, to me, it shows the other guys hasn't, haven't progressed enough to beat them out because they have the talent there. And so, yeah, I'll be concerned if, if Jackson Sermon gets it. And I'm, yeah, I'm not, I mean, Danny Hammer, like, this one guy I guess I'm rooting for, but I'm just rooting for somebody to step up there outside of Eddie. And if that's Calvert, if it's Miki Ayu, like, whoever it is, I just want somebody to be the extra, that second guy there because we need it. We need, we need a thumper there, uh, as we're saying a couple pods back over and over again. Uh, yeah, we we need that guy because Eddie. I mean, he's all over the place. He's fast, and I mean, he's not known as like a huge thumper. But if we had a guy next to him doing that, yeah, I just oh, someone steps up other than Jackson. I I got a quick question: Is is uh is Savvy a player that we can move inside or no? No. no I wouldn't want him no. inside. He needs to be rushing the okay. passer primarily. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. He I... might pull, drop into coverage uh, in somewhat of an inside linebacker drop, which, again, shout out Hood Husky, who was talking about that in the group chat. Um, but he needs to be playing downhill and rushing the passer. But uh, as far as who might step up uh, next to Eddie, uh, we might touch on this later, but I'm going to hit it now just because fuck it. Uh, getting Gayoteote out of the transfer portal potentially, yes. uh, bringing in his Eddie's former Bishop Gorman teammate would be a game changer for us at inside linebacker. Uh, that dude is a fucking mauler. 
Uh, you've seen everyone's seen the videos of him at uh, USC, and that dude would be a beast for us for sure. It'd be so fire. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. him. Lock him in. <laughs> Just stack talent. Uh, J-Cap, I think you wanted to touch on uh, on wide receivers. Go go for it, dude. Yeah. Uh, we've – I can't remember who exactly it was. I think it might have been FMAC that's been a big uh, friend of Taj Davis on the pod. Um, from everything that, that we've seen – Oh, that was DJ? Okay, yeah. Uh, friends of Taj Davis here on the pod. But from what we've heard, it sounds like he's he's been – performing pretty well and the main thing that it sounds like has been an issue with wide receivers so far in camp is dropping the ball um i don't know what the issue is that was an issue last year i mean puka transferred out but i mean i rewatched some of those arizona highlights and that slant that he just dropped with no one within five yards of him was rough but i mean this is continuing into spring ball the following season I don't know what needs to change if we need to get an extra five or six drugs machine so that they can all just be catching balls off the machine all the time. Um, I don't know what it is, but somebody got to get these guys' hands right. It sounds like Jalen Polk is really the only guy with really consistent hands on the team right now. Um, we saw some cool vi- or some good videos out of, uh, out of practice today with Jalen and, and Sawyer making some good catches, but it needs to get more consistent. Because, uh, I mean, we can open up the offense all we want to. John Don can do whatever he wants. But if these guys aren't bringing the ball in, um, it's not going to do anything. So uh, based on what we've seen so far, I think Jalen Polk and Rome should be the number ones at wide receiver for now. Whoa, no Bynum? I mean, I don't know. I saw some reports out of practice from, uh, I think, Mike Varell. Shout out Mike Varell. Uh Shout out was, to Mike Farrell. Yeah, Mike Farrell's the shit. Second um, that. Love that guy. But uh, Dude, Mike third. Farrell does such a good job for us. Facts. Yeah, I love yeah. Also, Christian Capel of the Athletic. Yeah. Second, fuck the fuck off. Fuck you, Adam Jude. Um, but <laughs> what about who is the who is the fucking the Husky Maven? Massive fuck the fuck off to that guy. Dan, that guy's brutal. Dan. Oh my Dan god. Keith. Dan Rayleigh. S- no, some not, not Dan Keith. Dan Riley, Somebody. Dan Riley, no. Dan some of those articles last week, dude. Oh my god. Because. What Keith Taylor has to prove he can play in the NFL. We have no stars, proven stars on defense. Fuck you. <laughs> Dude, he said Keith Taylor had to prove himself to NFL scouts, and it made it sound like he had to prove that he was like capable of being an NFL draft pick, like he didn't just torch because, the fucking senior bowl. Just because he didn't have any interceptions. Um, but anyway, Bynum, I guess, had some drop issues, too, on some wide-open balls, so... I mean, until he can prove his hands. Polk is the only one that I haven't seen complaints about with his hands. So that's why I'm number one on Jalen Polk right now. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say that I, I thought that the top three, I mean, not set in stone, but I thought it's Rome, McMillan, and, and Bynum, and then everyone else fighting for fourth, fifth. But, I mean, not saying yeah, – things can change, obviously, but – Okay, that's in Polk though. I was kind of forgetting about him too. So I I think he, if he's, you know, if he's not third, third, he's probably fourth in line. So yes, and Sawyer, uh, he's been doing well. It sounds like, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> reading some of the things in the, in the chat over here. Uh, yeah, Sawyer seems, seems like he's doing well out there catching some balls, and seems, seems like him and Polk are the ones being consistent without the drop. So that'd be interesting one to see too. 
Yeah. I mean, I think in an ideal setting, I mean, I think, you know, Bynum is probably our, our top guy, you know, in the slot um, with whether it's Jalen Polk and, and Rome outside or, you know, Jalen McMillan and Rome outside or Jalen and Jalen outside or, you know, Sawyer could be there um, with Bynum. And then I, I, I certainly, you know, he's not in camp, but but I certainly think we're going to see some of Jabez this year. Um, and Giles Jackson, too. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's going to take some the top off of some defenses. Um, anything? Anybody have anything else that they want to say about the the wide receiver position this spring, or what they've seen thus far, or what they hope to see over the next two weeks of spring ball? I have a funny feeling if Rome and uh, Jalen keep having the dropsies, you're going to see my boy Polk go into the number one. I love him. If he, uh, dude, I just love the way he plays. I watched his highlights. Dude's nasty. Yep, I'm ja- I'm jacked about Polk. If that, I could see him being the number one target midseason, if not sooner. Ooh, it's a hot take. I like it. I'm just worried about the depth. You know, have two injuries, or something happens, like one injury or suspension or whatever. Yeah, we're very thin. And that's so why you I'm pursue just- worthy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I also think the 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 one, and I think I've said this before. I think the the one slight mitigating factor that unless we have a a a raft of injuries in the wide receiver room that mitigates it to some extent is that we've got such a loaded tight end room that we're going to be able to, and we play two tight end sets so often anyway that it's. Do I want receivers to get hurt? No. Could we potentially survive it and still be have an effective passing game? Yes. And you could low-key yes, put Sam ahead. Adams in the slot. Well, all, all of that stuff is true, but also the one thing, and we're going to totally do about the O-line later, so it'll probably be one of the last like two position groups we do along with the DBs. But the thing about having an elite O-line is that it means your backup receivers will still have a shit ton of time to get open. So that could also play a mitigating factor to where, even though we don't have a ton of depth, it might not be the worst thing in the world, Like kind of like what Logan was saying. The one other thing I want to touch on is I think Jcap, you said something about John Don, so I wanted to point out something that fired me up. I think Hood Husky shared uh, something in the chat today. Uh, it was like notes from practice, and he said John Don got mad when the tempo wasn't fast enough in 11 v 11s, and I love that. That fired me up. Good to see it. I want to go up tempo and attack teams this year. Um, really be like kind of going after them as opposed to the shit we were doing against Stanford. Um, I think. The, the more we attack with the kind of talent we have, with the, especially with the offensive line we have, the more successful we're going to be. And I think we can run teams ragged like that. So I love that. Yeah. I, I, the one other thing I think I wanted to, to chime in on that, that I also saw out of one of the videos that Hood Husky posted was there was a uh, one particular play that we ran where we ran a bunch set to the, to the right side. And unlike in years past with the Peterson offense where, you know, we had two or three players and they all ended up basically having defenders being able to cover multiple players at once. It was almost like the, you know, the Blue Angels spreading out and like it went from tightly packed to one out in the flat, one kind of on a 10 yardish um, you know, route to the sideline and one kind of more on, on a deep corner route, true spacing with a lot of options. And that was, I saw that and I was like, Ooh, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. You didn't see uh, Peterson offenses attack all three levels at the same time. Uh, and it looks like from what we've seen from the videos of practice so far that they're definitely exploring that. Um, and I mean, we only got to see four games last year, um, and four games with a 
first time starting quarterback, so you couldn't really open it up and as much as you want OC to. Exactly, first time OC and a first time starting quarterback, and you only had four games. So I mean, any criticism of John Don from last season is is kind of has to be taken with a grain of salt because we didn't get the opportunity to see the offense very much. Um, so I'm really really excited with what we've seen as far as just scheme wise uh, out of the videos from spring ball for sure. Go ahead, Dude, I loved, I loved the what we saw last year in four games that we saw from the O. Like I thought it was, I thought it was great. Like there's some drops that, you know, would have made games a little bit different. Like we were talking about, but, um, yeah, what what we saw from the O, I I thought it was great. Like what, you know, it was great. Well, First year quarterback played four games, came back, won a game from way down like we're good we're good i like what we i have, saw we have, in, we have a great problem we have a great problem in the past i like what i saw in the second half of the yeah Stanford and the utah games i don't know about the first half yeah the and then yeah and i don't like the, a lot of the play calling with the, yeah. a lot of all heavy focus on runs but our passing game yeah. when we did pass i did like the schemes there and the routes yep. that they had there like that was good so we, we saw yeah. some bright spots but there's also some like what the hell are we doing? I'm also fine with running the ball if you run the ball with the right backs. Um, fuck off Kamari yep. and fuck Sean McGrew. Yeah. That was another um, thing. Cam Davis. Yeah. Yeah. The right backs and putting them like and the right run calls and, you know, with and more zone read to get those guys to the outside. Up the gut on second and nine. Yeah. With, you if know, it's JV on Sunday, it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, ab- absolutely. Like if it's Kamari, one of our quote unquote power backs or Caleb Berry. Like fine, but go ahead, Tugs. So confuse me if like if if I read this wrong or or if I didn't read this somewhere or if I just made this shit up in a dream. But uh, like, uh, fuck. Um, we just uh... confuse me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Bro, that's an all-time Confuse oh, me if I'm wrong. It's so good. It. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> don't drink and pod, kids. Holy shit. Confuse me if I'm wrong. Didn't, didn't, okay, I came up with my thoughts. Shout out Castleberry didn't, Jam again. Didn't, didn't, didn't we hear that, like, the defenses were messing with uh, Demo, and like he got, he checked down to run and run in a lot of those. Yeah, there was a lot did. of speculation on that during the season. There was yeah, speculation for sure. that Dylan did That's check down and run okay. a lot. Thank you. That's what I was trying to get to. That's what HFO was saying. Shout out Husky football opinions. Yeah. Oh, Most good. All right. Most of the time. <laughs> except for one, <laughs> except for when he drops info from a source, because then you can just assume the opposite. Facts. <laughs> All right, uh, DJ, I think you wanted to talk about safeties. I did, dang, but then someone brought up running backs, and that is a very intriguing group. But I'll still go with safeties. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, our safety, our DBs in general are stacked. And I'm very intrigued on who they're going to start here and the rotation they have. I mean, if you asked a couple months ago, even maybe a month ago, we'd be like, okay, we got Cam, Asa, Maybe maybe Cook or something, but I knew I knew a few weeks or probably like, actually like a month ago too that Dom was being Hampton was being moved to safety, and 
that that's amazing because we need to get that guy in the field and it sounds like he's killing it. And then we got Bookie, who could be safety or nickel. Duke, 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 Duke. <laughs> yeah, and so add down to it, like, yeah, I'm intrigued on who they're gonna throw out there to start the season and and who's gonna who's gonna be there towards the end of the season too. Like, I think I think Don Hampton, Don Hampton's gonna be out there. It sounds like, and which I'm thrilled about. And you know, I haven't been as high on uh, Asa or Asa Turner. Uh, this last year is pretty disappointing. I mean, again, it was a shortened season, weird year, so who knows if that was just just yeah. a down year for him. But uh, I like Cam Williams. Uh, I don't know. I've heard some things about him that, you know, maybe coaches may not be as high on with him, but I like Cam. And, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Donald's going to be a starter. I'm, I'm wondering who's going to be out there with him. And, yeah, that's, that's just a position group that intrigues me the most, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you look at our at our, uh, our our starters in the defensive backfield, you have guys like uh, all, all these four stars. They're all four stars, uh, like Cam Fab and like Irvin and Cam. Oh wait, those are all the backups. Uh, Allow me to do do for a second here. <laughs> this is the part where we do. But if you look at the defensive backfield and you just look at the sheer absolute fuckload of talent that is in there, I mean, you're talking Trent McDuffie, who's going to be one of the probably five or so best cornerbacks in the country this year. You have Gordon, who's obviously going to lock down the other spot. Kyler's a freak, and we had to get him on the field uh, early, so he's been playing like, kind of out of position, but he's probably going to be outside corner. Uh, Bookie, <clears throat> I mean, fuck. I don't know if you guys have seen what he's been doing in practice. Everyone is shitting themselves because of how fucking good he's been in coverage. Um, people talk about the Legion of Boom, and one of the things that kind of did get underrated was just how important having Earl Thomas as a cover safety was for guys like Sherman, um, because you don't have to worry about getting beat over the top, so for corners like McDuffie and Kyler Gordon to have that kind of coverage behind them uh, is obviously huge. Dom Hampton, I mean, that guy as a recruit was absolutely incredible, um, and so when, when you're switching positions so you can get a guy on the field as early as possible, that really tells you what a great defensive backs coach like Jimmy Lake thinks about Dom Hampton as a player and as a, as a kid and who he's going to be. Um, so him on the field, I have no problem with. I don't know who we might see starting at nickel, but if you look at the talent in that room, obviously you have the four guys I just named. You have Julia Servin, you have Asa, you have Cam Williams, you have Cam Fab, uh, you have Smith, you have Estine, and, then, and that's before you even get into the guys like uh, Spears. And, oh, I fuck, forgot, fucking forgot Covington. I, I love Covington. Gonna do about that guy. I love it. So love good, it. so good. I mean, it. I don't even. You, you, you. I don't even like. I'm, I'm trying not to do too hard here, but you look at that defensive back room, and before the freshmen even come in, and Jacob is obviously a big fan of the the freshmen we got uh, this year. It it's obscene. I don't even have words for what we have coming in into this year in the defensive backfield. It's unreal. And I mean, you got to think about too. We have two walk-ons that would be starters at Power Five programs. In oh, Kaysen yeah. Kinchin. Kaysen Kinchin has Mickey had Pei a fucking spring. A Holy shit. Too. Um, so the amount of talent in the DB room is absolutely obscene. Um, it hurts me to say probably in a couple of years, there's just too many guys. You can't keep, you can't put everyone on the field. So maybe in a couple of years, we'll probably see a few of these guys go look for opportunities elsewhere and more power to them. I mean, I want the best for all those guys. And there's just too many of them to get on the field at the same time. But for this year there's such an abundance of talent 
Um, and I wouldn't be scared if somebody were to get hurt. There's just so much depth. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's a room that's definitely just kind of next man up and, and keep rolling. And there's, you know, you could see a little bit of a step back, you know, for in a couple of games while somebody gets up to, to starter reps and, and game speed. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's obscene that room. Dude, Bookie is my dude. <laughs> Love that cat. <laughs> Dang, I can't believe I, I didn't mention Irvin, so I'm glad you brought that up, DP. Yeah, if it sounds like he's doing well in practice this last week or so, man, if he steps up, like, ah, oh, man, just an embarrassment of riches right there, like with all those guys we mentioned. Because like, we're, I mean, I think we all had a little bit of concerns with safety going into the year, but I don't know. I don't know if I have those concerns as much anymore uh, with what I've heard and seen from the guys and with Dom Hampton back there. Keep mentioning his name because I'm I'm stoked about him. All right, I think the next uh, position group that got mentioned in the chat there was uh, DP uh, D line. Take it away. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, the thing about the D line, I, I wasn't actually like totally going to do because we kind of have an unknown in the interior D line, and then of course Hood Husky was back in the chat today. He said the D line is getting pressure pretty quick on every snap. Uh, for for those of you who aren't aware, our, our offensive line is ridiculous, and we're going to do about it later. So if the defensive line is getting pressure against our first string offensive line, it's like it's completely over. I'm sorry, but if we have in, interior defensive linemen on the team this year who can do jack shit against our starting O-line um, with ZTF, uh, who thankfully is okay after a bit of a scare today, and Smalls and just all the talent that we, oh my god, like I'm doing again, look at me, but we got Tuitele, we have Bandez, we have Tuli, we have Taki. I mean, there's so much going on in that room that I think guys are going to, someone's going to break out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you Duke process. There we go. That's what's Duke up. Duke process. You got to change I mean, your Twitter handle now, <laughs> bro. We, we 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 talked about um like how important that linebacker room was to this defense, but the the same rule kind of applies. Um if our interior defensive line is good, we talked about the defensive backfield. If our interior defensive line is good, it's it's over. Like this should be the best defense in the conference no matter what. But if our interior defensive line is good, you're talking like best defense in the nation level territory. That's how good it could be. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, DJ. Or for, Jake Hackman, DJ. For the first time ever, I think, again, shout out to Hood Husky because the content that he provided to the group chat today and since spring practices have been open has been really eye-opening for a lot of us that haven't been able to go out to practice and see this stuff. Um, but if we can get production out of Draco Bynum, I'm going to have to like go back and delete all my shit that I've said in all the other pods. I'll have to have Hooligan go back and edit it, all my shit. Because if he can actually contribute and provide some depth and some actual production uh, at the interior D-line position, um, then that can totally turn around a lot of things um, just as far as my perception of, of Draco for sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you, I think we could just correct it with just saying, you know, just correct it by just saying, fuck the fuck off, Hermione. Facts. <laughs> facts. Yo, hey, that, DJ, could be, go ahead. that could be the biggest Duke take right there about Draco Bynum. 
that we've had on the pod. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest. That's dude because my ever. take about the offensive line hasn't gotten all the way through yet. No, yeah, okay. no, dude, because right there. if you yeah. you have to compare what we said about Draco in previous episodes, we've always been doing about the O line. Yeah, but yeah. not like this. Ago, though. We were not like Draco this. To get the fuck out of here. But if he can provide depth, then yeah, that's the most elite Duke take that we can yeah. have. Duke, Duke, Duke. Uh, Alex, Alex there. Cook, All American safety. That's up there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm still not there on Draco yet. So we'll we'll see. I, I gotta see some more. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's gonna be a world yeah, yeah, or anything. But if he can just <laughs> provide some depth and some production yeah, of some kind be huge. and hit the field, then I mean, I'm all for that. Yeah, the ability to keep guys fresh, and particularly as as we get in games and and with you know with up tempo offenses in this conference, they, with how we rotate guys, it, the more quality players, the the quality depth. I mean, yeah, they're not gonna you're not gonna get probably the production that you'd get out of or you'd expect out of like two Litaki and and Tui, but if he can be solid, that's a that's a huge yeah huge benefit. Um, for sure. DJ, and, did you have anything else yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, I, I was gonna say. Uh, looking at our D line, if you're including like, you know, the Buck and you know those the, that position, uh, that's for as far as recruiting rankings, some of our best players has come is at the D line right now, and they're just waiting to break out. And one shout out that I that we kind of forgot, shout out to Latu having yep. to retire from football. That's too bad, man. He's so excited for that guy. He was one of my favorite. Yeah. Like, I think he was, yeah, that like, was tough. my breakout. My, I think a couple episodes when we did, like, breakout yeah. predictions for next season, he was my guy on defense. Yeah, or, I know. That's, or, or I mean, I think he was everyone's guy. Yeah, such yeah. a bummer for him and, and the team. But, yeah, I feel for him. And I'm glad he's sticking around the team a little bit. And, you know, the, you know, there's been times where people retire from college, but they play another team another year. It doesn't sound like the case with him. So it's too bad. Uh, wish him the best. But, yeah. I'm just going to do too about this D line. Like all these guys, like, man, if, if they develop, like they should be, they could surprise some people. And, and that's one position. I mean, it's not a concern, but like, it's not our strength in our defense. The interior D line, I should say the interior D line isn't the strength, but it could be if they, the guys play to their potential. Uh, Thule, like all tell me like uh, all these guys can, do well like we've seen some flashes too and if guys like draco provide some depth thing like it's over like it's and i'm i'm hoping uh how do you bandis bandies whatever bandis yeah yeah he was one of those guys as a high rated recruit i think it was top like 80 in the in the country or so he was a huge recruit yeah coming out and he's one guy that maybe hasn't flashed but again the potential is all there and if he can find out like figure out what to do like, yeah he could be a huge contributor for us next year too yeah you talk about talent on the interior d-line so just reading through that real quick we got uh just this is like returning guys so we have draco tuli uh noangalu uh taki bandes uh and tuitele but then incoming you also have uh pehopa who we're really excited for and then obviously voy uh who's a beast so it, it remains to be seen um how much they're gonna be able to contribute um but those guys are also uh really talented and if you look i think there's what like four or five four star or five star players in that mix so you have to expect that at least two really good players are going to come out of there and if that happens it's just completely over and throwing smalls at, at the end 
And then do I say, dare I say uh, JT maybe possibly next year? Oh, oh, it's too early for that. We can't say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. My bad. We can't say that. So, is Martin is Martin a body type that could slip inside? No. No, they're playing him in that buck, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, outside. he's okay. Yeah, he's definitely a D end. He's very uh he's just a long, long athlete. Um and yep. particularly pretty I I would characterize him not that he can't dip in it. I think he can dip pretty well. He's got the great athleticism. Um, but he's a I would say he's fairly high waisted an athlete. Um okay. and that's certainly not what you want it. Uh, at D tackle, um, yeah, right. when one of the primary responsibilities that we ask, at least of, of one of the D tackle positions, is just to eat blocks, to to, to keep the linebackers clean. Okay. Yeah. So if we're going to move on to another position group, uh, DJ mentioned running backs. I don't know how difficult running back is to to figure out. <laughs> J-Cap, that's brutal. J-Cap just said something in the chat I'm not going to repeat. Um, yeah, so if you look at our running back room, I think it's pretty simple. Cam Davis needs to start. If <laughs> uh, if Cam Davis is starting, our, I think our running backs are good. Uh, I think we have some solid pieces behind. Obviously, Caleb Berry is a freshman I think guys are pretty excited for uh, Sunday. Um, we got McGrew, who's a decent change of pace back. Then we got uh, Wild Dick, um, and hope, hopefully not Kamari Pleasant. I would rather see fewer Pleasant second and guts up the second and nines up the gut, second and guts up the nine, whatever. I'm, I'm turning sure into Tugs over Tugs here. Tugs is the drunk. One? Yeah, are we sure yeah. Tugs is the hammered one? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, there's talent at the running back position, and behind the offensive line, as long as our running backs don't suck, they should be productive. And with that being said, I think Cam Davis is the kind of talent who can make something out of nothing. So if you give him something, uh, you know, you know, whole if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Uh, I think we're we're gonna see something that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Feed free cam. cam, feed, free cam, feed cam. Uh, again, want to shout out Hood Husky. One of the videos, I think it was either from today or from the other day, where he made uh, a little bit of a wiggle, a little wiggle or a juke about seven yards downfield and 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 housed it. Um, I've been a Cam Davis fan since I saw his huddle. Like he makes one cut in his huddle and he makes two defenders just look absolutely stupid. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think Cam needs to be our, it just needs to be our starter period. End of story. Anybody else have anything to say on the running backs? Yeah. I've been a Cam fan since, uh, he was born day one. And yeah, he needs to be uh, RB. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> you know, uh, all right. You might be right, but no. I and I like Sunday. We haven't really touched him a lot, and yeah, he he's going to be a beast. And I know we we're all excited for him here. And they need to be. I think they should be one and two, uh, running backs. Cam and Sunday and. You know, I thought I thought uh, Barry like broke his foot or something or leg during the football season or didn't he get hurt during the high school season? I think it was a concussion. Someone said it was a broken leg or something like that, but then oh okay, because I was surprised to see him out there. Different. Okay, then that makes more sense. But yeah, he looks like he's gonna be gonna be a beast. And uh, also uh, another pause. I like Dick Newton. 
Uh, two. Someone clip more. that. Somebody clip that, please. <laughs> please clip that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, oh, good lord. Uh, I like bro, it more you, than some others. <laughs> when you preemptively pause yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that you knew it, it was a pause and said it anyway is my favorite part. Yep. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I, I like him more than others, it seems like. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's RB1, but I like him in situational plays and, like, some goal line. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was, like, two years ago, he was, sometimes was our best back. And so, Wild yeah, I'm, dick. I'm, yeah <laughs> not a fan of Pleasant, but I appreciate him being a dog and not a huge fan of McGrew. But, again, glad they're both dogs and, you know, I think we're pretty stacked at running back. And as long as we give Cam the ball, I think we'll be set. All right, before Johnny we get Tugs, to... Johnny Tugs can't wait for Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Monster Truck Edition. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so good. All right, before we get to, to full maximum Duke and, and get into the, the O-line conversation, uh, let's talk about uh, the the compatriots of the running backs in the backfield and our quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, what have you guys seen so far? Um, obviously, uh, you know, with Sam joining and having the quickest turnaround in probably history between finishing a high school career and starting his college career. Was it one day? Uh, what have you seen from team? Yeah, like a weekend, basically. And then I, I certainly I've seen some nice throws from out of, uh, out of Patrick O'Brien as well. Doesn't matter. Camden Sermon is starting. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, you're forgetting we're gonna we're gonna run like a an eighty percent of the time uh, Irish cat Kamari with cat McGrew. No, with McGrew, it's gonna be. Uh, we didn't learn our lesson with with the the flirtation with a short quarterback and Jay Kaner, so it's gonna be Sean McGrew. Throwback to the Lindcat, though. Oh, my God. So effective. Simply incredible. Stop it. The wild speed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we might have the Patrick O'Brien cat this year uh, if we're really going to go back to, to that method. Uh, as far as quarterbacks go, I think it's, it's pretty straightforward. We've been saying it. Um, Sam is obviously obscenely talented. If he starts, he provides a higher ceiling. The question is, can he get to the level that he needs to be to be starting game one? Does it happen at some point during the season? Does it happen down the road? Uh, at some point, you have to be pretty confident that he's going to surpass Morris. And if, if he doesn't, I'll credit to Morris because that's going to mean he's, he's turned himself into a hell of a player. Uh, one thing that I do love about Dylan, and again, Hood Husky carrying us with the clips here, uh, he's, sent, he's looked really good when it comes to evading pressure. Um, which is huge. We've, we've talked about how important that was, the distinction between uh, Ganell for Arizona and Dylan in that game. Um, guys that young don't typically handle pressure that well, so Dylan being able to do it is uh, pretty impressive. Presence. Yeah, really, really strong in the pocket, and that's going to be uh, even bigger this year because our O-line is so good. Uh, Sam has really flashed, uh, I think, a lot just because he is so talented. He makes throws that, you know, as good as Dylan was for a freshman, Dylan's not making. Um, I think the throw to Rome the other day, it was like with 39 yards out of the one-yard line. It just kind of makes you stop and go, holy shit, just because you don't see it out of a quarterback that young a lot. Obviously, he's had his hiccups <laughs> going under center. I mean, that's that's going to be a big thing for him to pick up just because he's got to get used to it. 
Um, and he's got to you know learn a whole new offense. But as far as where he came in in his first week, if anything, it was kind of ahead of where I expected because as talented as he is, he kind of played in a cookie cutter offense almost. I don't want to call it cookie cutter, but he just kind of threw th- throw ball, pass yards, go burr offense uh, at Kennedy Catholic just because it was so talented there uh, with Bez and Junior. So um, I-, I think that his implementation in the offense has gone honestly better than I expected. And I'm really looking forward to see who ends up starting because I think whoever it is is going to be a good option for us. I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, the one thing I will say is uh, you touched on a DP is that uh, Sam hasn't had any experience uh, under center. Uh, so no matter how much he is flashing with those downfield throws, if he can't get that center quarterback exchange down under center and, and get used to making those um, five, seven step drops and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, he's going to need some time to, to get used to that. Um, but also, um, a lot, one of the, the drawbacks on Sam for the first couple years, uh, that we saw him at Kennedy was that he wasn't super mobile. Um, but again, shout out hood Husky for, for all the clips. Uh, we saw a few today where he was making some really nice off platform out of the pocket throws. Um, so, I mean, if I'm guessing right now, I'm guessing that Demo's still going to be the starter because he has a year of experience with John Don and he has taken snaps under center. Um, he's a little bit more experienced in that regard. Uh, I will say that I think Demo will be the starter, but Sam, again, will would provide that higher ceiling, but also probably a lower floor because there will be some growing pains getting used to playing under center, uh, getting used to playing a more pro-style offense as opposed to the air raid that he ran at Kennedy. Um, so I, I think in our best interest for this coming season, uh, I would like to see Demo out there, uh, but Sam would provide a much more explosive offense, I think, because, I mean, I haven't seen a freshman throw a deep ball prettier than that maybe ever um but yeah i think demo's the guy this year at least the beginning of the year if he struggles then maybe they make a change but um i think as of right now demo's the guy yeah i i think we could be looking at something similar to the kelly bryant trevor lawrence situation at clemson with that said i think um Demo, that's not a slight on Demo. I think Demo is actually a much, much better quarterback than Bryant was. Um, I, I just think with that ceiling, and if if we get, you know, if either if you know if, if Dylan struggles or if there's just a situation where we just need that element, really add that element to the offense, or if, even if Dylan's playing well, but we're still missing on those deep balls that are going to make you know make or break a, a game that could be tight, a Stanford game on the road, an Oregon game at home. Um, no, I'm not wishing an injury on Demo whatsoever. Ever, ever, ever. I don't want any of our guys to get hurt. Um, go ahead, Tugs. Kelly Bryant went to Wazoo, correct? After no. he left? No? Or, I mean, a Mizzou. Yeah, Mizzou. Oh, okay. Mizzou. I was like, yeah. damn, you Mizzou. high, too? Wrong zoo. Wrong zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too many cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Washington State's quarterback could say the same thing. Oh, dang. dang. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, so what you guys said, I think is all spot on. Like, I definitely agree with J-Cap and, and Hooligan and like, DP. And I think J-Cap hit it like, when he was saying that Sam has the higher ceiling, but also lower floor. 
And it's not an easy choice. I mean, personally, I'm rolling with Sam. But uh, it's not an easy choice. It's, uh, you know, it depends on what they what they want this year. Like, do they do they want to go all in? Like, is this a team to go all in on? And to win a natty, I mean, I don't think Demo can get us there. I mean, he, he can win a Pac-12, maybe a Rose Bowl. But is this the year to go all in? I mean, I don't know if it is or if it isn't. And Sam could get us there more so than Demo. But then again, he could also probably cost us a game or two not saying he would but like he could because if it's inexperienced i mean a freshman and so yeah it's not an easy choice uh, but like i said i'm riding with sam that'd be my choice i like him like demo i i don't i don't dislike him either i think he does bring some good things like i mentioned earlier dp mentioned earlier his pocket presence oh man if if sam had that i mean maybe he does like i haven't i haven't seen it like with as in high school but if he has that pocket presence that demo has it's game over then. That's because that's huge. That's he has that. He already has a deep ball. He already has the touches on the ball. Like his vision. Like yeah, if he has a couple of those intangibles and things like that, that would be key. But yeah, it's gonna be intriguing. I mean, if I were to guess, I think Demo is gonna be the starter, uh, and I can see why they do that. Uh, so, but it's still gonna be interesting. I think. Uh, like I said on last pod. Um... Demo, I, I feel like Demo's going to start. Sam's going to get some PT. And then then Demo's going to start Michigan. We'll go from there. And then Arkansas State, Demo's going to start. Sam's going to get some PT. I mean, if in the Michigan game, God forbid, if something goes wrong and... Demo falters, which I really don't think is going to happen. We're going to um, destroy so they, them. I'm oh sorry, but we're going to fucking destroy Michigan. No, it, I, I didn't really want to say that, but hooligan, yeah, we're going to fucking... Duke! 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 Fucking Are they going to have a team by the time we play them? Everyone is leaving. Yeah, the how program. many guys they have in the portal right now? Oh, 25? They've, they've lost literally every linebacker they've had. They, have. they lost a quarter of their team to the portal. Yeah, Literally Jesus. 25 guys. And that's after coming off the bat. Yeah, season. and you don't even count Worthy because he wasn't enrolled yet. I wasn't really, uh, I don't want to say conscious, but I, I wasn't really aware of stuff that was going on in 2008 other than the Huskies went 0-12. Uh, were but you, since you, guys were you were, alive in 2008? <laughs> yeah. You went 0-12? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that year never happened, actually. Uh, but... It, what Ty was doing around the program, since you guys have more, I guess, experience around that, I, w- I wasn't really paying attention because I was like five. Um, could, would you guys equate what is happening at Michigan? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Hooligan. Would you guys equate what is happening at Michigan right now to that, that level of dumpster fire? Not, I, not yet. Not no. no. No, this is this – is, to, to me, Michigan's always been a – uh, blue blood, um, upper tier program, maybe not a blue blood, but they've always been always a really good team in the, you know, it's always been them and Ohio state at the end of the big, the big 10 Penn state and, too. uh, and they're, they're just a fucking dumpster fire right now. <laughs> they're, it's a dumpster fire, but they, but they haven't won the big 10 
since 2004. So shout out to depressed Michigan fan who called this such a dog shit school and program this week. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. saying that check the academic uh, rankings, motherfucker. Check, Giles is going to check, a worse check who's school. One. Fuck you. What? Who's this? Yeah. yeah. Depressed Somebody Michigan on, fan uh, on, a little, on Twitter. Like, there's a reason you're depressed, dude. It's because you're because they almost sucks, lost to Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, you guys almost lost to Rutgers. You, I mean, Michigan's been on a downhill. Michigan's been on a down a downward track. I mean, they had Rich. Rod, I mean, it's, it's a Jim Harbaugh team. Brady Hoke. It's Jim Harbaugh. Um, we we should just go in there and kick their ass. Uh, I, I mean, who could have ever predicted that a Jim Harbaugh-led team would blow all of the big games when they were successful early in his career and then have a tail off spinning at the end and then the team turned into a massive dumpster pyre right as he leaves? I, who could have predicted that? No yeah. one. No one could have predicted that. Shout out to at Michigan Runs FB on Twitter. Fuck you. Poor guy. Poor guy. I, I, at some point, you just feel bad for them. You're a fan of a blue blood program and they just suck like what what do you do in that point like you, you you've grown up your whole life blood? yeah are they even oh absolutely team, yeah what did dude uh Beauchamp, Beckler teams yeah multiple national championships they're above 900 or a thousand all-time wins yeah, they're, they're, they're like the winningest one. program behind or behind I think Notre Dame uh all-time in football I think they're, it, they're, they're, they're up there they're yeah. blue blood I they're they are but like like I would say, like if you look now, you know, going back to look at that that oh eight time frame and like the 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 two years they are number Gilbert, one. By the way, I just googled it. Yeah the 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 second year of Gilby and then the years of Ty, or our historical aberration, and then even with you know the me- mediocrity that was Sark, you know, shout out Texas, um, we were still somewhat respectable, and then Pete brought us back to closer to our historical norm. Michigan has, for the most part, been actually like down for over a decade and a half. Yeah, that too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they had like one like, good year under Brady Hoke after Rich Rod left, I think. Yeah, they'll get a double digit win year and then they'll suck, and then they'll get a double digit win year and then they'll suck. Yeah, then they have like, the two good Harbaugh years, and then it's shout out Rock Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, but let's go back there and let's uh, make sure we that can. Game was sick. Eleven people on the field at at all times. No, no repeats of the Philip Brabs uh, kicking a field goal to beat us. Uh, but let's move on to uh, to tight ends, and this is Duke, Duke, we Duke, Duke, Duke about um, one of the things, and, and I'll start off with this one. Um, certainly, Kate Otten is an is an absolute beast. Um, tight end one, te one, period. End of story. Round one. Round round one. Next, you know, yeah. next uh, in the twenty two draft. Absolutely, um, I'm super excited. Uh, one of the things that's kind of come out in the news uh, from the camp thus far is that Redmond is showing is, is starting to show up and is has impressed. And that guy is going to be an absolute stud for us. The size that we have, the flexibility that we have in that room with guys that we can split out wide like Quentin Moore. Um, I think we're going to see a, step, a big step forward this year out of Dev Culp. We've just got weapons up and down in that room. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty 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 disgusting. Yeah, allow me and, to doog about Quentin Moore for a second. I don't know if you guys have seen the kind of athlete that that guy is. I mean, he's what? I think he's listed as 6'5", 245. Uh, he, he might be bigger, and he moves like a safety. I mean, the, the fluidity out of an athlete that size is what you, you don't find that in a lot of NFL tight ends. So to see it in a tight end at this level 
is is pretty outstanding. And he might end up being our our third string or fourth string tight end even this year. So the the depth at that position is is just ridiculous. Mark Redman, obviously we knew coming out of high school how good he was as a receiver. Um he he did get blanketed, I think, by uh Bookie the other day. Um because Bookie's just that good. Ace it today too. Oh yeah, but I think that speaks more to how good our DBs are, just because of what Redmond has been doing the other days. Um, He's also a redshirt freshman, and like Bookie's yeah. a three-year starter at Oklahoma. I mean, Bookie's a fucking beast, obviously. Like we we know that. Um, that's why we're doing so hard about the DBs. Uh, obviously, Otten, him coming back is just unreal. Uh, people talk a lot about like kind of comfort targets for young quarterbacks. For a young quarterback, Demo, you know, Demo has four games under his belt. If Sam starts, he's going to have zero games under his belt and have never been under center. Having the kind of target like Kate Otten, just big, Mr. Reliable, physical freak that you can always kind of look to. Well, maybe not always look to, but you get where I'm going here. Um, having that guy for a young quarterback is so massive, and it, it probably gets underrated pretty often, but just that kind of target... Um, for, for a guy without a lot of experience who can, who can look to and just kind of give a sense of comfort on the field, especially with our wide receivers maybe having the drops he's sometimes as talented as they are. Uh, I, I think that'll be huge. Obviously, Devin Culp was pretty talented coming out of high school. Um, I think we have uh, West as well on the roster. I haven't heard much about him. I don't know where he's at. Uh, then we have, uh, in my opinion, five-star best recruit in the country, Caden Jumper. Caden Jumper, yes. Uh, <laughs> That number one player in the country, if you ask me, Rob Gronkowski, who are you? Kaden Jumper is oh, better fuck. than you are. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not doing about but, that. <laughs> that Duke take Kaden uh, Jumper goes over 300 yards this year. Shout oh, out to okay. uh, at Dewey underscore tweets again. <laughs> I'd have to dig pretty hard even if I was going to go that far. But yeah, if you look at the receiving potential and even the blocking as, as per usual with UW tight ends, as has been the norm, if you, you look at what we've got going on in the tight end room, it's it's pretty hard not to dig about. And I think it's one that's not been talked about enough, as has a, a couple of other pretty strong groups, but it, it's definitely going to be one of our, I think, strongest top-to-bottom positional groups this year. Yeah, shout out to uh, I, I I forget the Twitter handle, but that put uh, whoever it was that put uh, UCLA as tight end use post two thousand. Uh, that uh, account is like brutal. They, it's so yeah. bad. He's got some good takes, and then there's some actually that that's true. Like, I'm not gonna say all his takes sec, but he put uh, Autzen Stadium as being louder than Husky Stadium, and at that point, huh? you're just well, yeah, who's by this? The way, UCLA's had like uh, like Boomer ninety or. Um, or something like, but yeah, like UCLA has had one tight end that's pl- I think played significantly in the league in the last twenty years. Is that Mercedes uh, Lewis? Had, yeah, yeah, that's Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. So who was basically who was at UCLA when I was at UW, um, which um, as we've talked about before on the pod was a little bit of time ago before uh, DP was born. Before DP was born, <laughs> the same thing. basically. <laughs> Basically, well, I'm pretty sure Mercedes Lewis at Long Beach Poly was running up numbers at 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 Long Beach Poly when I was being born. So yeah, it it, it's it's a while back. That's the point. It's like since then we've had ASJ go early in round two. We've had Sample go in round two. We've had Will Disley in round four, who's you know unfortunately hasn't been able to stay healthy, but is a a very solid pro for the Seahawks. We've had Darrell Daniels. And Josh Perkins that have had significant snaps and, and Hunter you know, Bryant, all pro type, 
Hunter Bryant now. Who went undrafted. Shout out to one Seattle area trainer whose name I won't say. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> because he's uh, uh, he, he's come back from the dark side. Um, <laughs> and he's starting to tout the local school again. So, Good. Um, uh, let's uh, ultimate uh, do get up the O-line room uh, and shout out once again to our hero, Scott Huff. Okay, best, I'm going in on this one. college football. Scott, uh, Pete, let's hear it. Okay, let's just let's just take a look at our. In my opinion, this is the best starting offensive line in the Pac-12 right here. Uh, we have Fautanu, we have Guard, we have uh, Miles Morale, uh, we have Rosengarten at at the other tackle, and then we have Gearing. Oh, that's actually our backup uh, offensive line. Sorry, I got something wrong there. That that's our backup offensive line, and it's probably still the best offensive line in the Pac-12. So if you want to get an idea okay. of what we're looking, we we had like maybe the best offensive line in the Pac last year. Returned every single guy. Miles Morale was a center, like the number one center in the country. Who Scott Huff pulled out a fucking matter day. I, I, I you're kind of lost for words when you're looking at this offensive line group. Obviously, uh, Fautanu uh, is incredible. Um, morale is a beast. Guard, I've heard uh, some really good things about guard. Obviously, we knew um, guard was a lot better than uh, his ranking just because he's from fucking Caldwell, Idaho. Um, and then they don't do uh, 247 shit out there, I guess. I mean, you ju- you just look at the other guys online. I mean, uh, I guess he goes by Ulamu now, uh, Ali. Uh, he coming out of high school, I just remember that he was like six foot seven, three sixty in high school, just naturally a huge body. And the question with him wasn't his upside, but when he would hit it and whether he would hit it. And so for him to be starting as early in his career as he was only indicates good things about where he's going to be in the next couple of years. Um, so I think he, you're going to see him take a big step this forward. Um, Roger Rosengarten, I've only heard really good things about, and I think he's been running with the ones some. Uh, I mean, oh, and we also have Matteo Mele and Julius Boilo, who I didn't even mention. Um, <laughs> did, did you, you mention our boy Nate Kalepo? I, Nate Kalepo. I, I didn't yeah. say Nate Kalepo. I didn't say Owen Prentice. I didn't say Robert. Like, at some point, you just you have to laugh at it. I mean, Vic Kern is obviously a beast, and Luke Weinberg is probably the weakest link on that offensive Corey line. It's not like he sucked. Yeah, Corey's even a decent swing tackle, and I—I I, I mean, there's just so much duking to be done about this offensive line. People, at, I, I started doing because someone asked in the chat the other day, like, what position group is not being talked about enough? I said the O line, just because there's so much talent on it. Look, in the 1990s, Emmett Smith was running for like five yards. Um, behind that Dallas Cowboys offensive line before he was touched every carry. That's the kind of offensive line you could be... I, like, I don't want to do too much. I'm trying. But that's the kind of offensive line you could... And it's not just that it's the starters. It's deep. Like, we talked about, there's enough to have an all-pack 12 caliber second line that's better than the, the, the first offensive line of every team in the back 12. You talk about stacking fucking talent. This is what it looks like because Scott Huff has pulled in three good, three or four good classes in a row. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a room where there's so many good fucking players. That you can build two and a half great offensive lines out of it. I, I like, I don't even know how I can describe how fucking ridiculous this room is. And, and it's not to, it, it's not going to impact the, the on-field performance in 2021. But uh, speaking of the O-line room, Oh, what boy. do we have in We're getting into 22. Year? Yeah. 
22, Josh Connerly, Malik Agbo, Dave Ayuli, Vega Iowane, Mark Naboo. Do basically, I'm, I'm sorry to, you know, RAP to, to Scott's frequent flyer miles this year, but, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the talent level in that room is not going to drop. Yeah. Keep them home. All of you them. want, you want to know what hometown, we should be aiming for? Heroes. You want to know what we should be aiming for in terms of positional coaches recruiting? That's what it should look like. Every year, every class should look like the classes that Scott Huff has pulled in. Scott Either Huff he's, fucks. He's beating out U- USC for top modern-day talents. He's pulling uh, rel- rel- relatively well-regarded guys like uh, Matteo Mele or Fautano, who are probably a long stretch better than their evaluation, but they're still well-regarded, so he's getting like high-caliber players. I think Rosengarten was a pretty solid four-star as well. Uh, and then his talent evaluation. I think Vic Kern was a three-star from Texas. Guard was... Uh, obviously, we know Guard was an absolute fucking freak, but he was a three-star out of Idaho. In all phases of what it we takes also to recruit... We Gary and Hatchet. I, I mentioned Hatchet in my... Uh, my my Sorry. second O line segment, but yeah, I mean that there's an in state guy you, you want to talk about. He's obviously a, a really talented recruit. I, I mean, if you want to talk about what recruiting should look like for a position coach, he wins the high. Morale was the number one center in the country out of like the USC factory. Beats out USC. Um, it, he he gets the other high caliber players like the guys I mentioned, and he can talent evaluate. So he wins the big battles. He gets other high caliber players, and he evaluates talent. It is that simple. If every single position coach recruited like that, you're looking at rooms like that where you just have to laugh at the absurdity. Every single position on the team. That's the kind of team that's going to win a national championship. And if we do reach that level where we're at a playoff team this year, it's going to be because this offensive line was the cornerstone of the offense. People underrate the importance of an offensive line in the NFL. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes didn't have good pass protection. It wasn't pretty for him because all of a sudden he's not passing with time. But you see what happens when a guy, a talent like Patrick Mahomes is given an offensive line to sit behind. All of a sudden he's ripping up the NFL and winning MVP. You want to talk about a guy like Sam Heward or Dylan Morris behind an offensive line when they have five seconds to throw to field like game breakers uh, like McMillan or Odunzi or those guys? Like, it the importance of having an elite offensive line cannot be overstated to a quarterback and a running back's performance, and it's why this unit being as good as it is is so like I, I know I'm doing, but like if you want to look at why I said we're going 11 and one this year, this is why this room is fucking ridiculous. There, I don't know that there's been a better offensive line in the Pac-12 the last several years. That's better than, and that's including those Stanford lines that were really good a couple of years ago. This is ridiculous. This O-line is so gross. It's Duke season. It's Duke, Duke, season. Duke, 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 It doesn't Duke, happen Duke. very often where we go head-to-head uh, with that team down south for a recruit. Uh, but when Rosengarten went to a final two and it was us head-to-head against Oregon, that felt a little extra good. Um, but, yeah, Scott Huff is a guy that every other – position coach on our staff needs to be studying uh, in the way that he recruits and the way that he uh, puts the best Relates talent the out on the field uh, because I mean he always finds a way to position his guys in a way that they're going to uh, be the most successful uh, and I mean there's something to be said for getting the best five out there but also putting the best five out there in 
the situation that they will be the the best. Uh, and Scott Huff is a guy that has continued to show that he can, like DP said, recruit, talent evaluate. Um, Scott Huff, I think, is going to be an elite coach uh, at the next level, whether he becomes a head coach or he goes to the NFL or whatever it is. That dude has a bright, bright, bright future. There's a reason I think he's our highest paid position coach. If I if I remember correctly from when that he should be. Like a, <laughs> if he's yeah, not like he's, right now, they better make him the highest paid position coach. I think he is. I mean, the last him. time a position coach was recruiting like this, it was the man himself, Jimmy Lake, and and yeah. right. he's now right. the head coach for a fucking but, reason. Yeah. No disrespect to Jimmy. Scott's recruiting. Scott's better. better. It, it has yeah. been better. It has yeah. been better, and that's that's that feels crazy to say because Jimmy Lake didn't miss. Like he was going head to head with like the Notre Dames of the world. And he was fucking doing it, and here's Scott Huff, and he. I, I mean, I'm sure he's missed some recruits, but if you look at the classes he has taken in, I just, I can't complain about what Scott Huff there. You can poke holes in pretty much every coach's recruiting. I mean, Junior's had a flat class. Uh, Ikeika's had a couple flat classes. Uh, Ikeika did have that one like really, really great 2019 class that's going to form the basis for our interior D-line this year. But if you look at Scott Huff's resume and what he has done at UW so far, it, I don't know where you can take your marker and highlight the things that he has done wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that one of the big, big metrics, and it's not necessarily something that shows up on the recruiting sites and we talk about it, but it's like, look at where, look at who we're offering, look who else is offering the people that we're offering, look at when we offer them and how deep into like, you know, are you going to plan B, you know, your second tier of offers, your third tier of offers to get guys? He's not like he's, he's offering a small section or a small sample of players and he's landing them he's not going to get three guys in a class he's not offering he's not offering 15 kids he's offering to get those three guys he's offering like five or he's maybe offering seven to get four like that is elite level recruiting and closing like that's what it is and like um and i really hope that like durham you know given the strength of our tight end position is is going to get there. And I think Durham is kind of taking it a little bit the other way in, 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 in a way that I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I think we should be more present and, and representing our brand, but he's thrown a ton of offers out at the tight end position. Um, but if he gets one of the top guys, great, but like, it's a small sample size of who Huff offers and he lands those guys. And that's just like it. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Recruiting is sales. Recruiting is closing. He, Gets it. He's a fucking closer. Done. <laughs> Scott yeah. Huff yeah. recruits like he's playing NCAA 14. I think that's the highest compliment I can give to a coach. You you remember like NCAA 14? You you could see like all the gems and stuff, and there was a hack where if you looked like a line's bench squat, uh, those numbers you could always get like under recruited offensive linemen. It's like Scott Huff is doing that. In real life, and it, it, it's almost incredible to watch. Scott Huff does in recruiting every year, like what Pete tried to do. I guess, like he he doesn't miss his guys. He evaluates talent, and he lands the high profile guys. It's unbelievable. And he's not going in the same spot. He gets guys, Colorado, California, obviously Washington, Arizona. He's going. He, Victor he gets who he from wants. Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And I don't know if he got uh, Kirkland. I don't. I don't know if that was pre. Huff, but I mean, that's, he's from Oregon, obviously. So, and then 
you, you touched on it, DP, a little bit. You know, we got all this talent, and look at the how long they've been in the program. They got the starting five. Like we got at least two seniors. One of them's like super super senior, Waldenberg coming back for an extra year, uh, and then and then Kirkland a senior, Kernay and uh, Bain. They're both juniors. Or are they are they? There's Bain a senior. Anyways, they're all upperclassmen. Junior Bain's or senior. A senior, but I think I think Bain's listed I, as a senior, but I think he has another year. Yeah, yeah. With the COVID year, I think Bain could come back for another one yeah, if he wanted that's, to. That's just so confusing. But yeah, they're they got the experience, they got the talent, and they've been playing together. They played together all last year. And oh man, I expect big things out of them. And yeah, we can we're probably gonna lose three, if not four guys this year, but you probably won't see you probably see a little bit of drop off, but not, nothing big next year or next next year when uh they all leave and yeah they're scott huff like you guys say fucks and we got to do everything we can to keep them we got it we got to give them raises whatever houses whatever he wants we need to keep them jen if you're listening scott huff must have a (laughs) poison pill buyout like we're talking steve hutchinson minnesota vikings like (laughs) like he can't walk like coach k did yeah. Um, no, all right. Shall we? Shall we move? Kind of. We we've yeah. flirted or kind of been uh, out on a date with this topic quite a bit already in this pod. But should we go start? You know, starting predictions. Um, let's just start at the top. We'll we'll go with with quarterback. Who you know? Uh, who takes the most? Who starts the most games for us at quarterback in 2021? Demo. Tugs, go ahead. I mean, it's Demo. Demo. Yeah. It's Demo for sure. As good yeah. as Sam is and as talented as he is to come in not having taken snaps under center. If Demo had been like completely mediocre last year, maybe he had a shot. But for a freshman, Demo was pretty astounding, I, I would say. Like he, he wasn't the great he wasn't Trevor Lawrence, but he, he was about as good as you can ask for. Walking the guys down the field against Utah, fucking ice in the veins, um and then almost doing it again the next week for Stanford. Um, working through all the issues that we had last year. I mean, look, Sam is a super talent, and you have to expect that he's going to surpass Demo at some point, but I think Demo is going to be the starter for at least the first half of the season, and that's not a knock on Sam. It's a credit to Demo. Yeah, Yeah, I I would say it's... Go ahead, Jacob. I think that, um, again, higher ceiling, lower floor with Sam. He hasn't had that experience under center. That could potentially cost you games. You fumble that center quarterback exchange a few times. You turn the ball over. It creates problems. I think that Demo, at the start of the season, is the guy. Demo has shown nothing to te- for Jimmy to take that starting job away from him. Um, I think that he's only shown that he's growing in his progression and in, in the way that he throws on the run and the way that he um, continues to uh, process plays from the pocket. Uh, I think Sam, again, like DP just said, will surpass Demo at some point, whether it's midway through the season or at the end of the season and Demo moves on or whatever it is. I think Demo is the guy for this year. Um, I think he gives us the best opportunity to win uh, the Pac-12 or win the Rose Bowl. Um, But Sam will be the guy of the future, but at all costs, well, not necessarily at all costs, but uh, as much as you can preserve that red shirt for Sam. Man, uh, 
if, if oh, Joe Husky, okay. sorry, Tugs, if, if Joe Husky listens to this podcast, um, he's going to have it on repeat all day and all night. If you, you guys saying Demo is going to be gonna starting. He's going to rip us in the pot or in the GC because we all ride yeah. Sam. Yeah, I, I think it's 80-20. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think, could I see, given the talent level, Sam having a transcendent, like, fall camp after after spring ball and, you know, just, and again, no disrespect to Dylan, where it's just, yeah, I could see it happening, but I think it's Demo. Demo impressed me so, so much with what he did in the four games that he had. Um, let's go ahead and move on to RBs. I know we're, we're at about an hour and a half currently, so let's try and fire through a little bit. Uh, RB starter, uh, again. Cam. Uh, free Cam. Cam, Cam. Move on. Good Cam Davis. Pretty, pretty simple. Next. Wide receivers. Here we come. Cam Davis. <laughs> All right. Uh, outside receivers. Polk. Yeah, I think Polk. Jalen Polk. Because he's been the most reliable in terms of catching. Ooh. I think Rome, just because he's so fucking talented that you can't keep him off the fit. Like, yep. look, I, I, he might have Josh problems, but a guy like that who is so talented and can make the plays he makes, he's going to see the field, and I think he's probably the best option. If you're talking about a slot, I mean, I, I think McMillan offers more of a game-stretching element than Bynum does. I think we saw that last year. We saw it in an All-American game. He took a slant 75 yards to the house against the best you know talent on defense in the country. Um, obviously, Jackson uh, is a game-breaker a la like John, John Ross. That, that is the comparison he was getting when he was coming in. Uh, how he is as a receiver is remains to be seen. He's definitely going to be dynamic for us on returns uh, this year. And I could see him stepping into the slot if he catches well. Tugs, are you good? You good, bud? <laughs> Bro, are you puking off camera right now? <laughs> Tugs is dying right One now. One too many cocktails. <laughs> R.I.P. Tugs. Uh, yeah, I think I, I definitely I, I agree. I think it's Polk and and Rome starting outside, and then I think probably the next the next two guys are going to be Jalen and and Sawyer, um, and I think that that's a really strong a Sawyer strong, shout out. Yeah. Dude, I'm yeah. going Jalen, Jalen and Rome. Those are my two guys. All right. Uh, Which Jalen? So... <laughs> McMillan. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, and slot receiver, I, I think we're in kind of no – I think it's going to – I think it's, you know, it's Bynum, it's then Jackson, Bynum. and then probably Bez. Um, but yep. I, I certainly think you're going to see all three. Um, I think maybe – hopefully we would see, you know, maybe Bez for four games – um, to preserve the red shirt because I think he's going to be such a a, a weapon for us in, in the, the slot perfect slot receiver. Yeah. We we said it on the, the, the classy vowels. FF Mac talked about it. it. It's unreal. Prototypical slot receiver. Yeah, it's you really create cool. a slot on Madden for your team. That's what it looks like. Too many video game references. Jesus, I need to get out more. Anyway, you, you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. What are you, a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. And, uh, uh, Hooligan, moving to the tight ends. Are we naming the starting five tight ends, right? That's what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> we're running all sets. tight ends starting 11. I, I mean, obviously, Caden is T, you know, jumper is TE1. Oh uh, no, it's Caden. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start this one. I think it's Cade. Um, I think the next one, like, I mean, and I think, it, again, it's the variable. I think we're going to see a lot of the Hunter Bryant type role, even in a new offense where we're going to split some of our tight ends into a not fully out wide, but in a big receiver kind of position. And I think that's going to be Quentin Moore and maybe a little of Mark Redman. Um, but, and then certainly I think Dev Culp's got that capability as well. 
Yeah, I mean, whoever plays as the second tight end for the most part is going to be good. Not not at all a concern. Right. Uh, who who it is is probably a question, but I if I had to guess, I'd say Quentin Moore just because I you know I'm so in love with his talent. Pause. Um, had to pause myself there. Sorry. Um, but but I I I I think he's gonna see the field a lot this year. I think he's gonna probably be a big surprise for a lot of Husky fans. Just what he's done so far in the spring has been really impressive. Yeah, I think they'll rotate through the three um, more. Uh, Culp and Redmond. Um, we saw Culp get some a little bit more run uh, last year. Uh, so I think that they'll definitely rotate through those three. Moore definitely has a lot of of talent and a lot of. Uh, athleticism that you like a lot um, but as far as experience in the system and everything like that and trust with the quarterback uh, I think Culp will, will be the guy at, at tight end two to start at least um, but as the season progresses I wouldn't be surprised to see more become kind of the go-to tight end two yeah tight yeah, end absolutely. two is it's, it's more a Redmond for me but yeah that's it could be either Culp it could be either those guys not sure. I'm, I'm, I think uh, Moore's going to pop with Redmond both as the second tight end, and uh, we'll be feeling good going into the following year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna we will lose te one, but we'll just reload yep. there. I think for sure. Uh, all right. O L. Um, the O line. I mean, I think it's it, it's it's Kirkland. It's Bain. It's Waddy. It's uh, Ale and Kern, um, yeah. but I think you're going to see. I think we're going to be able to rotate quite a bit more, and not see a drop in production. I hope yep. that we're able to redshirt um, as many of the young guys as possible yep. and give them their. Four we should games be able to give them some garbage time. Uh, just we've seen it, you know, with with Colin Porter and yeah. the, the the first iteration of the Cascade front. Those guys just need time in the weight room to, to develop before you put their shoulders through blocking 23- and 24-year-old guys. And Castleberry Jam's shoulders, too. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> Shout out for, LG, LDJD. Uh, for, for what it's worth, I think there's so much talent on the O-line that you could keep uh, freshmen available for like four games each and probably still have freshman backups for every single game, yep. uh, It's which is pretty crazy to say. The other thing is that if there is a change to the starting line from last year, I would guess it, uh, Rosengarten's been running with the ones some, but I would say that it's probably Miles Morale is gonna, would take over at center would be the change that I see happening just because he is so good. Like We knew how good he was coming out, obviously, so if, if someone does bow out of that starting lineup, I would say it's probably Wadi at center but I, I agree with you again. I think a unit that's that good, that's returning, just sticks together. Two years of those guys playing together could be pretty uh, special to see. And I say Rosengarten is only out there because Kearney was out today. He Kearney might be our best O-lineman. Rosengarten, as much as I like him, he's not he's not taking his spot unless an injury happens. But I would like to see... Uh, yeah, those, those five are set, I think. But I'd like to see... Some guys coming in a little bit here and there on games where we should probably win, uh, just to get some extra reps in uh, time with the first team. You just you never know with injuries. I like to see that happen a little bit. Uh, I know that doesn't happen a lot with O line uh, historically in college or NFL. We so I like you, to see that. But it, you do see some rotation. Yeah. To keep guys fresh and and you know mix it up. Like I think, I think I've seen us in the past have you know like 
some guys mixing at guard like on the like every third drive or whatever or you know yeah in i like situation to see that too, yeah situationally all right flipping it over to the interior d line who wants to start out with kind of who thinks the top two pairings at d tackle or who's in the top two at d tackle and kind of who's who's that next to given how much we rotate in at that position i mean it's Tully and taki oh, i thought you were gonna say draco no it's Tully and taki <laughs> and then after that it's it's Tui and it's Bandis. Uh, I mean, there's no reason to go anywhere else with that. Um, the only thing that I would say is maybe if if Voy or if Kuao Pehopa uh, comes in and, and dominates uh, when we get to fall camp uh, and kind of overtakes a guy like Jacob Bandis, maybe that, that changes. But I mean, at this point, the top two are Taki and Tuli, and, and there's no really ifs, ands, or buts about that unless you see an injury happen. Yeah, I, I, I almost Agreed. see it as kind of a as kind of a, 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 a really rock-solid top three, and I think you're gonna mix, they're, they're going to probably mix and match it a little bit with Tuli, Taki, and Tui, and then yeah. it's the rotating in Bandus. I think you're going to see a little more of Noah Nagalu this year. Um, and then, yeah. you know, again, I would hope Voy and uh, Pehopa both get a chance to to play four games, but redshirt and get ready because um, I think Voy's going to be a it's going to be a monster force in the in the future. I really, really, really want to see bands flash. I'm going to practice tomorrow. I'm hanging out with Joe and Hood Husky. I I really want to see. Whoa, 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 whoa! And hooligan. Wow, <laughs> that's unreal out of Dis- touch right there. Disrespect for the host. Wow, that's unbelievable. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's really disappointed. He forgot. <laughs> oh man, we're taking your mic privileges away. I think he said damn it's it because he's brother. sad he has to hang out with Hooligan. Damn. <laughs> Everybody is. I didn't even know. God oh, man. <laughs> it's all good, bud. <laughs> oh, man. That's great, Tugs. God damn it, you guys. <laughs> no, but for real, I think there's a chance that, that Tui breaks into that top two. Yeah, that, that's like, what I would say. You're really interchangeable with those three. It's really about who's the fourth. Um, and right now it's Bandis, and it could be any number of different guys uh, based yep. on what we see in the rest of spring ball and in fall camp before the season starts. Uh, but right now I think those top three are pretty locked in and solid, and they're interchangeable between the three of them. Yeah, and, and, and you could see, you know, in that, in terms of that fourth, fifth, sixth spot, because of how often we rotate, you could see Draco in there too. I think right. that's I think that's what we've seen. I think that they don't see him on that kind of the outside as a buck. He's more of a, you know, either that like bending, you know, in situationally that bending like hand on the ground, third, third hand right. on the ground lineman as opposed to a buck. Um, and then at buck, I mean, it's... Oh, it's pretty obvious. We're going to do uh, Psalm Wuching and uh, Tedder Bartlett. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Cooper McDonald to start. Uh, we're going to resurrect <laughs> Tyler Manu. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm kind of pissed. Oh, my, my tweet got no love today. There was a, a highlight clip of Nick Bolton, and I just quote tweeted oh, it with a I picture of Kyler Manu, oh. and nobody engaged with that i, didn't I, I that. did not I, I did not see that i, did not I didn't see that. see that i was busy being mad at hooligan because he t- tweeted the chris wandalowski miss and gave me 2014 world cup flashbacks <laughs> <laughs> my bad and, my bad uh um, one guy i was gonna mention 
just on situational downs, passing downs mostly. You might see some Bowman inside a little bit on some passing downs. Yeah. Uh, he's great pass rusher from, from there. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe a little bit of uh, if he's carrying 280 the way that he's capable, um, that we might see a little ZTF there um, and, and put, you know, a Martin and a, and a savvy outside in, in that kind of a situation just to, to mix it up and get pressure from, from yeah. multiple directions. Also, really excited to see what savvy looks like yeah. with a full year of development. Woo! Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think outside, I think, I think it's... I think to start the year, I think the, the starters are probably going to be Bowman and ZTF. Uh, I think at the end of the year and when it really matters, I think it's going to be Savvy and ZTF. And then I think you're going to mix Bowman and and Martin situationally. But I also certainly think I think we're seeing some really good signs or rumblings that that Trice has got a lot of potential. Oh, yeah. Trice is, is a Trice name is a who dude. has yeah. been gonna, picking up a lot of traction. This year, I think. Um, they said he was as good or better than Joe Tr- I mean that I know you're hyping up I know you're hyping I know you're hyping up your guys I, I get it Gregory but- looking harder than us on that comment <laughs> I think it was Malloy oh um, Malloy yeah um, but if Fraylin Trice is as good or better than Joe Tr- I mean imagine the team last year with Joe Trot I mean, come on! Like, Joe if, if Braylon tries round one NFL draft pick, holy sh- did better, you see his fucking test numbers? Dude, holy it was ridiculous. shit! He was like, he right, he tested what like top hundred D end yeah. ever since they started running those numbers. Yeah, shout out Joe, way to go, man! We're we're pulling uh, for you. If Braylon Trice is that level of freak for us, I, I mean, come on. Braylon Trice and ZTF savvy. I mean, but I'm laughing again at how ridiculous. I mean, it yeah. Like like we said, if he was a big time recruit, if this there were big time programs on that guy, but like yeah. this is like that room is getting to that point of like I'm not I'm not gonna say that they are going to be like the ninety ninety one defense. Oh come but on, that's what but that's what you're that's what you're talking about. This is like, it wasn't they're just, at that it, level. It's, I mean, it is people are afraid just, to throw that name around. But it's, like we like, said, it, coaching not practice. Fun, yeah, they had Jamal Fontaine, they had Chico Fraley, they had Donald Jones. It, they just it was wave after wave after wave of guys that could come after you. And if they're not completely blowing shit about Braylon Trice, I mean Bowman, right. it has proven that he's he's a solid player for he's a solid player yeah. for us. Is he you know athletic specifically as a rusher? Yeah, but like if you've got four or five guys at that position, that's just relentless. Like we said, if we don't win the conference this year, it is coaching malpractice. Like if we, it, it, there's every listen. There's every possibility we like blow the shit this year and we're fucking six and six and Jimmy Lake is gone, mm. whatever. But if that happens, it would take such a fucking coaching fuck up that I think you have to be confident this team's at least nine and three, and it's why I'm duking. But this is the most talented. T- I don't know that I want to say it's better than 2016, but I. A, a part of me wants I think to say better than I, I think why, there's yeah. more talent. Is is our offensive line right now better than 2016? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 By, yes. By, we're, we're turning five guys off. Of, PFF had us as a top three line in the country, and we returned all five guys for another year. Yeah, like that kind of unit cohesiveness with another year. Oh my god! It, it's. <laughs> I know we're doing guys, but god, come on, man! It, it's. 
coaching malpractice to not win the conference this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, interior linebacker. I mean, obviously Eddie is Eddie. Yeah, hmm. Eddie. I'm gonna ride him. with Zode Toop on this one. Yeah, HFO shouted him out. Said he's been looking pretty good. Unless uh, we get Gayo Teote to transfer, I'm riding with Zode Toop. I yeah, I, I, I could I, see. I, mean, I love his size. I, I like yeah. his instincts are great. Like he showed, he. I didn't see anything like in watching the film from last year. There was not, no moment that I saw him on the field where I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, it, yeah. you know, no Kyler Manu moments. Ugh. As, as long as he can be an intimidating presence for us inside that pairs with Eddie and strike fear into the heart of uh, opposing offenses, I don't give a shit because that's really all I want. More thumpers. I've been saying it like every pod we've ever done ever. The more thumpers, the better. So, uh, no, no complaints out of me if if he's there thumping people. Pause. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the hammer. It's gonna be a hammer. <laughs> hammer. Pause. DJ, I need to go. To, I need to go to bed. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, I I'm gonna again bring back bring down the Dugan a little bit. I'm I'm just. Boo. I'm not a fan of Gregory, and I think he's just gonna roll with the. Jackson Thurman. I don't think it's the right choice, but I just I think that's what's going to happen, and I hope I'm wrong. I mean, as long as Jackson Thurman isn't objectively terrible, the defense should still be, like, fucking insane. Yeah, well, it's just, if, the, the question is, are we the best defense in the conference or the best defense in the fucking country? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it depends on our, we mentioned on our other inside linebacker. How good is that guy going to be is going to bring us to the next level or not? Yep. Does the interior defensive line eat the blocks, keep the linebackers clean, and and does Eddie's compatriot do what it you know? And he doesn't need to be a star. No, he just needs to be get to the spot. Yeah, make the just play. don't suck, don't screw it up. Pretty much, don't be. No offense to Kyler Manu, but <laughs> Kyler Manu. No, all offenses to Kyler Manu. I don't. Care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. He could be listening. Hope not. Dude, you got a nice mustache, but your mustache is <laughs> you as a player. Oh, if only we had Nick Bolton. Holy shit. Okay, done crying. All right, uh, secondary. Uh, so I think they already – I mean, obviously Trent. I think they said Kyler Gordon, he, he's pretty much a lock. Bookie's pretty much a lock. And if they're moving – <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Welcome, Bookie. Bookie. He's Damn, a fucking dude. beast. Holy shit. I mean, That's my boy. I mean, his social media presence is – uh, an underrated part of that transfer. Well, maybe not because everyone's talking about it, but bringing yeah. that kind of star into the team is pretty useful. Um, Dom Hampton, if you move a guy like that and are raving about him and needing to get onto the field, he's going to play at safety uh, or nickel or wherever the fuck they can get him onto the field at any point. Playing, there's yeah. there's a reason they moved him there. It's because they wanted to, like the, you don't move a guy who's that talented and rave about him if he sucks and you're trying to find him like a position so he doesn't like drive the team down. You do that if he's good and you need to get this guy on the field. That's what he is. Uh, as far as who else plays, I, I mean, there's so much talent in that room that I really don't give a shit. It, it honestly could be anyone. A big fan of Covington, a uh, big fan of Cam Fab. Actually, a really big fan of Cam Fab. I don't think he gets talked about it enough in terms of talent he has. Uh, Mikel Estine, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty insane what we've got going on there. So really I'd imagine serving. it's going to be one of those guys. Yeah, oh, I Irvin, think, yeah. yeah. I think four pretty much set. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I'm it, saying. And just who's going to be a fifth guy. And, you know, Cam Fab, I'm curious about that. I mean, yeah, he was good out of high school. And 
I don't know. I'm just kind of curious why some people are, are super high on him, only what they've seen. I'm just going off what I heard. Like it, it seemed like he's doing well off what I've heard. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like DP, like why, why are you so high on Cam Fab? Like what is just high most or what? Mo- mostly his high school. He's just kind of like that the prototypical guy in terms of what yeah. you look for. And I think he was like an 89 on the 247 composite, so it wasn't super high four star. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he was just kind of that in that Dom Hampton mold where you watch his film and you just know that this is a fucking guy. Uh, in terms of you, you talk about a complete cornerback, and it, it, the, the the those aren't really easy to come by these days. You have cover guys, you have tackle guys. I think Cam Fab has the potential to be that guy. Uh, just really smooth, fluid movement. He has uh, pretty good recovery skills. Uh, he's he's pretty solid with the ball. Obviously, um, we there was some complaining about Keith Taylor in that article. Uh, not having an interception, that's not going to be a problem with Cam Fab. Uh, that article was fucking ridiculous, though. We already complained about it. But yeah, he is a pretty, pretty complete, pretty all-around guy. Uh, I was super high on him out of high school, so I think the more time he's in the program with a guy like Jimmy Lake, the better. Um, so even if he doesn't play this year, I think he's a great guy to have in the room, and he's going to okay. be a fucking beast whether he plays or not. Gotcha. All right, well then, the fifth guy, I'm probably... Probably going to guess... Cam Williams, I think he might, I think he might stick it out and then make the the other starting safety spot. Yeah, I'd probably say Cam Williams right now too, um, but I am a huge with fan Bookie. of Cam Fab um, with, Bookie. with Bookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bookie. Yeah, Bookie's the Bookie yeah. for sure. Bookie did come here from Oklahoma Tyler, to not start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to anyone. Don't that worry, Tugs. He's starting into that. <laughs> Um, oh my God. But Bookie's a starter. <laughs> Trent is and gone. Kyler are starters. <laughs> he almost had a heart attack. <laughs> it, it's just essentially it's just is Bookie. It, pass out of my bar. The, the question is: Is Bookie the Earl Thomas playing safety, or is he playing the, nickel? He the nickel? And yeah. then is it, yeah. is it you know Cam or or Asa or Cam Fab? Yeah. Or I think for for he, me, I think you have to put him as kind of that roving safety just because like I talked about that kind of cover guy as a safety is so valuable and what they can provide and how for Bookie? especially yeah for Bookie just because of well, what he can what he can do for the rest of the defense it, it's less about maybe maximizing him than it's about maximizing defense having a roving safety with those cover capabilities is so important and his ability for the rest of the defense and yeah, the like fact that he can hit. I mean, look like, look at what uh, Quandre Diggs for the Seahawks when we got him a couple years ago in the middle of the season. The change in getting – we literally went from like one of the worst defenses in the league to a top 10 defense just by adding a rangy safety who could hit. Is Quandre right. Diggs the best player on the planet? No, but it was a massive impact for the rest of the defense. Right. It's it's like – I mean, obviously with the Legion of Boom, like sold Cam, like Cam Chancellor was you know the biggest boomer of them. Yeah. But Earl could bring it, but he was the speed. It's like that's and that's book that that to me is bookie. And so I and think even if he him. gets beat, he can recover. That's the thing right. too. I but he doesn't get beat very often. For me, I would I like to have uh, a guy that can hit in the middle, uh, playing the nickel, uh, especially in yep. the conference that we play in. I mean, if you look at a team like Stanford that uses a lot of tight ends and that kind of stuff, having that guy that uh, yeah, will thump uh, in the middle. Um, I mean, and Elijah wasn't huge. a thumper, but he was just right. He, you weren't he. You weren't going to break a tackle. He wasn't the. He thumper. wasn't going to blow you up. That bookie is, but you weren't like you. You might catch the ball in front of Elijah, right. but you weren't going anywhere after. You're it. going down right after that. But I think for me, it's 
Trent, it's Kyler, it's Dom. I would like to have Bookie in the nickel and Cam Williams at the deep roaming safety just because in the conference that we play in and how highly they utilize the tight end and how highly they use um, running backs out of the backfield, I would like to have that thumper roaming the middle as opposed to being that rangy safety. And there's nothing wrong with with putting Bookie in the back end, Um, but I think that for our conference in particular and what I think puts us in the best position to uh, defend our conference the best would be to put Bookie in the nickel. I I think it's going to be game to game, but I feel you, Jacobs. Yep. Like, I I totally feel you just having him roaming. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. And just Bookie, Bookie just in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw feel- a little bit of a wild card here. And I think, and, and I agree. I think I agree with both of you and say that I think it's going to vary game to game, whether Bookie's the nickel and Bookie or Bookie is the, or, you know, is the, the free safety um, opposite Dom, but I, I think in that variable, I think that the other key piece that I think is I think Julius Irvin is going to take a big step forward this year, and he's going to be like that third kind of hybrid Please. corner yeah. safety, and it's going to be almost interchangeable pieces. And I, I certainly I think you're going to see a lot of Cam Fab. I think you're going to see a lot of Cam Williams. Um, I, I think it's just going to kind of you know vary a little bit, but I think those are going to be the the guys. I mean, yeah, if you're I going into a Irvin. six DB set, yeah. I, w- I would love to have Irvin be that sixth first yeah, guy yeah. in. I want him out there, but yeah, I don't know if he will be the guy, but yeah, if I could choose who I want, that would be him. Yeah. All right, well, well let's quickly, we've, we've talked about him quite a bit in terms of the, the spring ball, although he's not here yet, uh, and in the rotation in the slot, but briefly, what, what, what do we think about uh, the Giles Jackson transfer what does he bring to our to the team that that you know maybe we didn't have? Uh, to me, certainly, it's that that top end speed, the return game that we haven't maybe yep. had since Dante and John Ross, um, and they, and again, just another guy that can blow the top off of yeah. the defense with the deep ball. Day I mean, John returner. Madden once said, "Adding dynamic talent to your team is a bad idea." I'm kidding. He didn't say that because he wasn't a fucking idiot. Um, Adding <laughs> <laughs> Jackson is good. <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> Dynamic guy when he has his context in, he can see better. It's, it's that, that, that simple, man. Too. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's that simple. Adding talent, good. Um, especially a guy who's as dynamic in the return game, which is something maybe we've been missing a little bit. Right. Uh, since obviously John, John Ross and the best punt returner in the history of the NCAA. The fact that he broke our the program against Oregon is just so. Oh, great. that was being in the stadium so for that was fucking was electric. Awesome. Because the yeah. thing was, everyone knew that it could happen that game, and then he went and did it against <laughs> TTDS, also, and that was, love, that was so great. I love that Aaron Goldsmith got that call. I love that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least it wasn't Beth Mowens. Facts. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but I think Giles Jackson, in addition to the return game, I think he could be a guy that you manufacture some touches for on some end around reverse type stuff. And we saw Just them sweet. try to do that uh, with Jalen McMillan uh, last year in a couple instances in the Arizona game. Um, yeah, like Harvard with the Seahawks. Almost. Exactly. And no, Where you just kind of have to give him touches, right? No disrespect at all. Not to, to disrespect to, to Giles either, because I don't want to compare him to Percy Harvin. Facts, but no disrespect 
to Jalen, but he's not got the burners that Giles does. Right. Uh, a couple of those those and he's not slow either. Right, exactly. No. Jalen has they're got just different some speed. they're different athletes. Right, absolutely. They're, it's just it's different athleticism, it's different speed like Jalen and Rome are a little more like long speed Giles. It's a little more not only it's the short area, but then the long speed as as well. Right. It's not it's exactly. just different. It's it's yeah. the you know it's three steps to get to, to top to top speed or one step in the, he- the Henry Rug speed where it just fucking jumps off the screen or, at you or yeah, he to, brings to a shout out out. to shout out one of the the in state kids for twenty four the Jason Brown like that oh, kid is yeah. one Dude, step shout out that guy goodbye three touchdowns yeah, he brings a different element Seattle to prep. our our offense that we don't have and he's yep. different playmaker different yep. runner and everything for our offense and yeah I think he could be. Like Chico, what we thought he was going to be prior to the injuries, that kind yep. of guy. And yeah, as you mentioned, end arounds, some screens, you know, even wider, like regular right wide receiver a, plays. Yeah. Even as a decoy with Cam in the backfield, you throw him on it and fake the jet sweep. It's an extra element to deal with. Yeah. Yep. And 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 then hand it to Cam. It's it's one it that clears at least one other defender out of the box. Or out of out right. of you know the, the ability, and then Cam can you know instead of having to juke two guys, Cam can juke one guy and take it to the house. Or and then, and then obviously you're going to make some hay just handing the ball to him on the jet sweep to begin with. Tugs, right. something or are we just agreeing I'm, with me? I'm more. I'm so excited to watch him September 11th take a kickoff return back against this old team for a TD. That's what I'm most in the big house. About. After taking Xavier Worthy with him, happen. He's a veteran wide receiver. He's money. His mom is like Buffy. I thought you were gonna say his mom was hot. Shout out Buffy. <laughs> Shout out James Adunze. <laughs> She's already following me. His mom's already following me. Shout out. Like, she may live to regret that, but other than that, like she's already the next wave of great. Like parent UW players that we love, shout out James, James uh, Rome's dad. Fuck, let's go. Shout out Garyan's mom. Uh, shout out. Honestly, like uh, yes. I, I think yeah. Landon's probably going to get an offer at some point. Speaking of a line, um, yeah, yeah, and he's going to take Worthy with him. So the extra, extra on that oh ad. Dude, right. I want worthy so bad. Pause. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I want. Yeah. Right, oh, this pod is off the rails. Holy All shit! Right. Uh, did we have any final shoutouts or any final thoughts before we wrap things up? Yeah, shout out to the Mariners because they just won. Yeah. yeah uh, All right. Uh, yeah, Let's go, sure. Mariners! Shout out! Uh, shout out to the Sounders! A four-nil win and a yeah, in terms of Freddie Montero. Let's go! How about that fucking goal? Golazo from Joao Paulo. That was some pretty dope shit uh shout out softball run ruling uh ttds let's uh, go yeah 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 mariners just won nice all right whether uh, it is one. next dj has got DJ. it go yeah uh quick shout out and i believe this is the second shout out we've given him on the pod ryan or whatever ryan um, shill ryan shill Shout out to Ryan Schill, Oregon, Oregon guy. Fuck that guy. He's a dumbass. He he's the one who said 
that Shaq Thompson sucks, even though he's getting paid what ten and million a year. He is mediocre. mediocre. Yeah. Vita oh yeah. Mediocre, mediocre. Whatever. Yeah. And he. I don't know if anyone's seen his picture, but <laughs> if you can look at the conversation between Castleberry Jam and Ryan Schill. Yeah, take a look at this guy. Sam Tarley uh, yeah, slash man. Justin Bieber when... slash <laughs> Bilbo Baggins slash Gimli. Ryan Schell. When you're getting when you're getting trolled by yeah. Castleberry Jam, it's over for you. Yikes. Yeah. You, you see that you see the meme that we were sending in the chat like you just got trolled by this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just you got, got ratioed by a virgin <laughs> is what it says. Oh yeah, that that <laughs> Bro, if you're getting trolled by Castleberry Jam, you gotta quit life, fam. That guy doesn't have troll in him, and he's still doing it. That's the best part. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, whether it is next week or uh, sometime shortly thereafter, we will be back soon on uh, Sound the Siren. Uh, coming soon, we will certainly cover uh, some new, some further news in in uh, the basketball world, uh, talk a little bit more about Coach Langley's hire for women's basketball, talk a little bit more about yes, Wesley Jones joining the men's basketball staff talk a little more about the commits for UW men's basketball, see what's kind of shaking out with the women's roster, uh, as well as additional softball coverage and uh, football news uh, as as situations arise. Uh, but we will be back. Thanks pods. for listening. And on and happy hour pods. Please pray for tugs. <laughs> yeah, pray for tugs. <laughs> and, and not just because he gets to meet me oh in person tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> All right. Oh, Thanks, everybody. Tugs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Oh shit. <laughs>